Are you ready for some high adventure coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network? The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The English language is a funny old thing, my friends. A patchwork grab bag of influences that draws a little from column A and a little from just about anywhere else it has landed, traded, conquered, and otherwise done its filthy business. Latin, Greek, the sweet-talking romance languages, and the guttural, rough-handed bullies of the Germanic dialect families. They all had their sway, and we adapted, incorporated, and got on with our day. And a thousand years later, where is it? The big boss dog happily shoved down the throat of every corner of the globe that wants a piece of the good old U.S. of A. And what do they get? A language that has been so many things to so many people that it can't decide what its own rules are. I thank the merciful forces within the universe that I was born into a family that spoke it as a native tongue, and as such I was able to climb its steep, jagged peaks while still in the malleable state of infancy, because I have no idea how I would have approached it as an adult, when I might have tried to approach it with logic and reason. By way of example, dear friends, consider the homonym, language's cruelest mistake. Two words, often with entirely different etymological backgrounds, which sound identical and mean completely different things. The same sounds, occasionally produced by entirely different combinations of vowels and consonants, all hurtling through the centuries to reach this single point, mostly so Miss Dixon can be annoyed almost daily by somebody using the wrong form of their. And if it seems like I am complaining, neighbors, let me assure you that nothing could be further from the truth. I embrace the oddities of our lexicon as part of our rich cultural heritage. I would, however, appreciate it if we could stop adding to the English language's inherent quirkiness through the act of stupid people being stupid in stupid manner because the end result often ends up sounding like this. Hey, cut it out! Take a hint, would you, pal? I keep telling you that we don't want any. Don't want any what? Insurance. There's a sign right on the door that says no salesman. Okay, first of all, no, there isn't. No, there isn't, but I keep meaning to buy one. Hey, no shoving! They don't seem to be available for sale anywhere, which is either ironic or collusion on a massive scale. I keep writing my congressman to demand an investigation, and he keeps thanking me for my support and mailing me bumper stickers. Why aren't you leaving? I told you, it's about the policies. And I told you that we don't want any. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is going on here? Okay, finally. Are you the boss here? No, he isn't. Our corporate chain of command is a fairly flat line. We both rank each other and secretly work for the dog. I didn't see no dog. Uh, He's that throw pillow on the sofa. He probably glanced at you briefly when you made your entrance. What is going on here? I have the situation well in hand. I can see that. She's crazy. I can also see that. Fifteen love. I don't need you to waltz in to play referee just because you finally decided to come to work. She tried to bodily throw me out of your office. If she was trying that hard, you wouldn't still be here. Fifteen all. What kind of detectives don't want to do no detecting? The lazy kind. And I missed act ones. Did somebody grab me a program? He's an insurance salesman. Okay, get out. Who said I was? She did just now. But who told her that? I don't know. I will ask. He said he wanted to talk about a policy. No, I wanted to... I said I wanted to talk about the policy. The? The. Not A. Not A. The. 
Have a seat. I'm making coffee. What just happened here? You two were having problems with your articles. Happens all the time. It does? No, never. Not even a little. I'm Jack Justice. This is my partner, Miss Dixon. Trixie, please. Wait, he's sitting. Why are you sitting? He told me to. And I told you to leave. Yes, but I didn't understand that, so I mostly just ignored you. Uh, Trixie, our guest here. I'm sorry, I didn't, uh... Oh, Kowalski. Uh, MacDonald Kowalski. The Scottish-Polish one-man band. As you say, Mr. Kowalski is not an insurance salesman. He is a policy salesman. Or a policy runner, if you prefer. That's right. Yeah, I still got nothing. The policy game used to be more commonly known as the numbers game, or the numbers racket. They prefer us not to use the term racket. There was a, a memo. Of course. Wait, are we talking about the same thing? The Italian lottery? Uh, we don't call it that no more. It was considered ethnically insensitive. I apologize. Think nothing of it. Why did they stop calling it running numbers? Because everyone knew that term. And now they call it selling policy. Yes. In spite of the fact that this already means something else. Yes. And who is familiar with this new term? Apparently everyone except you. The coffee will be ready in a few minutes, Mr. Kowalski. Please, call me Mac. Mac, then. Why don't you take a deep breath and tell us what brings you to us, apart from a latent masochistic streak? Thank you, Mr. Justice. Uh, forgive me, I feel in light of recent events that a little background may help to smooth some bread upon the rough waters. Well, I can't help but feel that you won't help as much as you think, but you just knock yourself out. Okay. The policy game is a sort of deeply unofficial lottery which is enjoyed by persons of all backgrounds around the city and which benefits certain business interests with significant investments in the downtown core. Are these business interests, in fact, mafia crime syndicates? Again, we have been asked by the marketing department Okay, not. you know what? I'm sorry that I asked. Okay. The simplicity of the operation has always been its greatest strength. You pick any three digits that is to your liking, and in the order in which you like them, you then also make a bet in the amount of your choosing from a single thin dime all the way up to whatever. Stop, please. All this precision is making me dizzy. Is she serious? You'll know when she's serious. Go on. Maybe you go to a shop or a central location to place this bet, and maybe you have a local representative such as myself to come right to your home or place of business. You collect your slip, and you wait to find out the numbers that have won. If those numbers is yours, you cash in your slip for a healthy return on your investment. How healthy? They pay out at uh, 600 to 1. And since the odds are more like 1,000 to 1, there's a pretty good profit margin for the local businessmen involved as well? There is overhead to consider, of course. An entire network to maintain, of which I am only a very small part. And you are paid... Piecework on collections. A small percentage. How small? Too small. I think I see where this is going. I would be surprised to learn that this was entirely true. Thrill me. The problem of the policy game has always been how do you pick and communicate the winning number? If people feel they're being cheated, they will not play. And this was established by doing market research while cheating them for years. It was, and it was, astonishingly, found to be more profitable to run a strictly honest lottery. Honest apart from its total illegality. Nuance. What was needed was three random numbers that were published every day. They used to use the published daily balance of the U.S. Treasury. True, but that number was kicking around newswires while the policies were still being sold. Cut into the profits when the newshawks figured that out. So... In these parts, anyways, they elected to use the handle from the local racetrack to determine the daily number. The racetrack? The handle is the daily take at the racetrack. I know what a handle is. The last digit in the dollar value of the take. Win, place, and show in that order. That is the daily number. Published widely, different every day, a random number between 000 and 999 that cannot be manipulated. Except... How do you, how do you know there's an except? You're here. 
Yes, well, yes. You can see how, since each number is determined by a dollar value of not more than nine dollars, the right man in the right place at the right time could just possibly come up with the number that he wants to see through the insertion of removal of not more than twenty-seven dollars from the daily handle. Oh, I like this. Who runs the track these days? Papadopoulos. Oh, you are so dead. Oh no, no, I am dead on account of Mr. Saint Clair, who is my immediate supervisor in the local branch of the syndicate. The numbers have gone national. We made the big time at last. Sidney is dead on account of Papadopoulos. Sidney is the brother of my wife's cousin. Would that not also make him your wife's cousin? What are you talking about? Well, logically, no one cares. Sidney works at the track. Sidney is the head cashier. It is a position of great responsibility. He is the only man with the access to the receipts needed to make the switch, and he is considered above reproach. Except that, except that he is looking to retire down to Florida and is in need of something of a, you know, a nest egg. He he would never cheat Papadopoulos, but if he can take money from a rival organization, so you decided to cheat the syndicate. Not exactly. I decided that Sidney was most likely crazy and would never be able to pull off what he proposed. And so you took his money and never placed his bet. I did not, in fact, place his bet. Which was for how much? A thousand dollars. Oh, you are so dead. Sidney, I'm not so much concerned about. Sidney is more of an actuary than an actual criminal. Technically, the racetrack is a legal operation. Except that Sidney is holding your slips. You gave him markers for his bet. I did that. Yes. It was so much money, and I thought there is no way this little man can pull this off. And also, we are not really supposed to take bets of over a certain amount, as my bosses consider them suspicious. I told Sidney I could spread it out over a bunch of different slips, but there was no way a thousand dollars on two nine one would not have attracted attention and led to the most, well, the almost certain shooting dead of me. But others employed by the same organization just on suspicion. Here it is, right here in the morning paper. They even print win, place, and show in a column, so it's easy to read the number. Two nine one. I noted that with a certain amount of dismay. I should say. And when Sidney gets tired of your stalls and tries to collect his six hundred thousand dollars at the local grocery store, I do not know the precise chain of events. It seems likely that he will have to be paid in order to preserve the cash flow of the policy game. But there will be an investigation, and the Papadopoulos people will be notified. Sidney may not have harmed them directly, but his very minor fraud will have endangered their license at the track. He will die a rich man. And what about you, Mac? Who will kill you? Everybody. That is what I reckon. I will be killed by everyone all at once. That sounds about right. What do you want us to do? I need to get the markers from Sydney before he can cash them in, without attracting attention from his bosses, my bosses, or John Law. Can you help me? Almost certainly not. This is true. But if we can't, neither can anyone else, and it won't be a problem for you for very much longer. We get thirty nine ninety five a day plus expenses, and in this case, we are going to have to ask for three days in advance. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater dot com. Something troubles me. Troubles you? Yes, something troubles me, and I do not like your tone. I could take it down an octave if it helps. Jack. Yes, fine. Let's just take all of that from the top. Fine. Something troubles me. Whatever do you mean? Don't oversell it. This isn't Jane Austen. Trixie, we will be at our client's wife's cousin's brother's door in moments. Won't you please tell me what troubles you, or would you rather that I strangled you? I am worried about the lack of morality in our current plan. Really? Because I am worried about the lack of plan in our current plan. The plan is fine. Let's talk about my thing. 
How is the plan fine? How is this confusing to you? You knock on the door and keep Sydney distracted. I slip in the back door and grab the markers. How are you going to find them? He's had them less than a day, and they are redeemable for $600,000. I'm betting they're in plain sight. And why am I doing the distracting? Don't most of the men we meet find you more distracting than me? Because you lack my cat-like grace and stealth skills. I once saw you trip over a milk bucket and cause a cattle stampede. And that is why I do not travel to the filthy, filthy countryside anymore. In the urban jungle, I am a panther. When you were saying those words, did they sound stupid to you? Immeasurably. Please ignore them. I will, if you will do the distracting. I am not doing all the distracting around here. It's demeaning. Demeaning? It is. And you don't like that anymore? My hobbies are none of your business. The plan is fine. Hallelujah. Wait, no. I forget which side I was on. The plan is not fine. It's totally immoral. I am one of the most morally centered thugs in the city, and probably the state, but I don't see how we have a lot of choice on this one. How are we not just stealing? We are just stealing. I thought we were clear on the plan. This poor man thinks his ship has just come in. Because he cheated and rigged a game of chance, which is both illegal and controlled by vicious criminals. Yes. Criminals who will not hesitate to kill our client for several very good business reasons, and who will also report Sidney to his own criminal overlords, who will in turn certainly kill him as well. Yes. Unless we save him. Oh, I like that. Let's focus on that. That's right. We are saving people. We are saving people from their own stupidity. Yes, we are. Because that is something that we are totally qualified to do. Don't ruin this for me. Roger that. Looks like it's coming up. This white one up ahead. Right. Give me a minute to run round back. Can do. Wait. Why wait? What if he doesn't have a back door? Then... Then this is a really terrible plan. Jack! What? Don't just stand there. Go find out. I hate you. Excellent. <clears throat> okay. That's probably long enough. Unless there's a dog or something. Nice thing about being the distraction. You almost never get bit by a dog. Who am I even talking to right now? Sheesh. Yes? Uh, good afternoon, sir. I'm conducting a survey on behalf of the Acme Corporation of Walla Walla, Washington. May I have just a moment of your time? You, you, you're not... You're... No! Please! Don't kill me! Yeah! Wow. That was some pretty unspectacular distracting. What did you do? I did nothing. You obviously did something because he ran out the back door screaming like a little girl. What are you doing in the house? I'm supposed to be in the house. You're supposed to slip in quietly like a leopard or something. A panther. Panther, then. You're supposed to slip in quietly. I couldn't slip in quietly because he ran past me screaming like a little girl because of whatever you did. I have an idea. What is it? Let's not stand on the front porch shouting these things at each other. Right. Okay, yes. Get in here. Well, now what are we supposed to do? I don't know. I mean, we had this whole clever subterfuge worked out. It was clever? I guess not. Should we get some lunch? There's a chicken place up on Bold Street. I could eat chicken. Wait. What? We should search the place first, right? Right. Yes, obviously we should search the place first. Jack. Sorry. You'll see. We'll find the markers, expense account some chicken, and be back in the office by nap time. But alas, dear friends, it was simply not to be. We stayed in the little white bungalow that belonged to our client's wife's cousin's brother longer than we should have, given that we had just chased the owner out into the street in his slippers, and we searched it from top to bottom and back down again with no sign of the markers. 
Frankly, we were a little depressed, and almost too much so to eat a large lunch of Portuguese-style rotisserie chicken. Almost. Why is it always the simple cases? Because there aren't any. Simple cases? Nope. Just ones that we think are going to be, usually because we don't understand them. I think I've got the nuances of this one. Oh, you think so? I really do. So why did Sidney run away shrieking when we knocked on his door? Shut up. And there it is. So why did he? Why did who what? Why did Sidney run? He had a dozen markers totaling over half a million. Why isn't he trying to cash them in? Perhaps he thinks he might be killed. What makes you say that? He ran away from you, screaming, "Don't kill me!" He did do that, didn't he? Do you have any of that hot sauce left? The piri piri sauce? Yeah, whatever. The hot sauce. The hot sauce is called piri piri. Yes. Do you have some? First, I want you to call it piri piri sauce. Give me your piri piri sauce, or I will shoot you in the face. See, was that so hard? Now, why did he think I was going to kill him? I don't know. You're pretty ugly. Maybe that was it. Thanks. And would he really be expecting a house call? Didn't he spread the bets over a bunch of slips so he could cash them in on the sly? Maybe it occurred to him that this was a stupid idea. It is a stupid idea. If he had five or six or ten confederates and they spread the bets around different runners, that might be one thing. But that's it. What is? Why place all the bets with one policy runner? He didn't know any others. Finding more would have been easier than faking the handle. But why take McDonald Kowalski into your confidence at all? He wasn't in for a cut. He had no role to play in the caper. Why not just place the bet and keep your mouth shut? Because the bet is not the point. The bet is not the point. Which means the markers are not the point. Which might be excellent news for our client and his immediate prospects of remaining not dead. Wait. So if the bet is not the point and the markers are not the point, what the heck is the point? No idea. Let's go find out. Sydney, Sydney, you in there? It's me, Mac. Mac, I thought you'd be. I didn't. I didn't expect you. What are you talking about? You want it big, my friend, just like you said. Is that that briefcase? You didn't bring the the money. Of course I did. What do you think was going to happen? The policy is a strictly above-board kind of prospect. You aren't going to leave me standing around on your front porch, are you? I, I, I guess not. Uh, c- come on in. Where have you been all day, anyway, Sid? I've been trying to find you for hours. I, uh, I had a little scare.、Uh, a man at the door. He, he said it was a s- survey. Jeez, this place is a mess. Yes, I, I didn't, I didn't lock up when I left. What? Did somebody get in and toss the place? Yeah, I, I guess they did. I, I was afraid to come back, but I—I I didn't. I didn't know where else to go. Oh my gosh, Sydney! They didn't get the markers, did they? The markers? They.、Um, yes, I, I guess they did. No, we didn't. You! But you were ready to pretend that we did, weren't you, Sydney? Mac, help me! It's the man with the survey. Boy, people really hate surveys. When did this happen? Focus. Who are you? Focus. We were discussing why you would throw away the payoff for your little caper by pretending to have lost the betting slips that would allow you to claim it. When we couldn't find them here, we assumed they had to be somewhere on your person, but they aren't, aren't they, sir? They aren't. Mac, do you know these people? I thought you were here to deliver the money. Cindy, do you think Mr. Saint Clair is going to give me six hundred thousand dollars in syndicate money to go pay off the luckiest man in the world? No. 
You never thought so, did you, Sydney? No. You knew that there was no way either of you would live if you claimed those winnings. Yes. If Mr. Papadopoulos ever found out what I did, they'd never even find my body. So, why did you bet a thousand clams? Why did you fix it so the handle matched your bet? Why did you put me through this if you didn't mean to collect? Because you were supposed to run! What? I don't understand. Quiet, Mac. There's a rhythm to these things. She said that you would run. That you wouldn't be satisfied with your percentage. That, that you'd steal the entire thousand. And then when the numbers came in, you, you would run. She? She who? Edna. Edna? Okay, who's Edna? My wife. My sister's cousin. Which would make her your cousin, too. What? That's sick. No, see, logically... No one cares. You think they do, but they don't. I would never try to use a scheme like that for personal gain. There's just no way to win. Even if you win, you lose. But if the bets were never placed and the markers were destroyed, there would never be any reason for anyone to wonder if there'd been any impropriety at all. And Anne and I, we could slip away to Florida together. Sydney, all of this for Edna? Oh, Mac... She said you'd never give her a divorce. I know you can never forgive me, but I couldn't help myself. Forgive you? Sydney, were you not so hairy, I could kiss you on the mouth? Not to dispel your illusions at all, but it, it, it's, it's been quite some years since I've been able to stand the sight of her breathing guts. You? you? Edna? That is a fact. And if you do not begrudge me your thousand clams and can swear to me that those markers are no more, I would be happy to play along with your little ruse and disappear for a few days until you can make your exit to the Sunshine State. Oh, Mac, do you really mean it? Of course I do, you crazy kid. I've never been so happy. Come here, you big lug. Trixie? Yes? Did we actually do anything? Yes, we got paid. And God bless us, everyone. And so it was, dear friends. To accompany our double meanings, not simply double dealings, but double-double dealings, and everyone just as pleased as punch about it. And we conclude our walking tour of local homonyms with the observation that a marker is also a colored pen, a handle is something you open a cupboard with, and a caper is also a weird berry thing that English people eat. And as for Jack... Well, as far as I know, there was only one meaning for idiot, and his picture might as well be in the dictionary. Blackjack Justice, Episode 71, The Policy, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Hans Messerschmidt and Stephen Burley. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday... Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bat Free, we introduced the Cowlitz, 
tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine Cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these Cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, I'm pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get Cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not. Not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop.